0: What's going on, everybody? This is Ballers on Tap. I'm your host, He Kells, sitting here with the co-host. KK, what it is, what it do, what it ain't. Whatever that means. We got a good one for you here this week. After being back, we have been out for about two weeks. Uh, we got our reasons. Let's see here. Uh, I was in Ireland for a week, so out of the country. And we do not have remote capabilities because we ain't that rich. So... After being out for about two weeks, I know we missed the debut of the NFL. Um, you know, college football has been going on, so we're ready to get back into it, uh, see what's been going on with the Braves, talk about NFL weeks one, week two, uh, just a little bit, and preview the upcoming weekend. Um, I do say Ireland was an awesome trip. Uh, I know KK missed me a lot. He told me before the show. So, <laughs> KK, I'm back. But uh, let's see here. Of course, this being Ballers on Tap, it wouldn't be anything without the on tap portion. So, KK, tell the people what we got today. All right, today we got a IPA
1: from Sierra Nevada. It's called the Tropical Torpedo. It's uh, inspired by the island life,
0: which KK knows about. Yeah, I do.
1: It's supposed to have a flavors of mango, papaya, and passion fruit. So we've tried a lot of fruity, fruitier IPAs so far in the show. And usually most of the time, barring a couple, most of the time for me, I don't really get the, that's, I feel like, I feel like of most IPA.
0: of them have been underwhelming and there's yeah. been a couple that are above and beyond.
1: Yeah. As far, as far as I can remember, the Luau Crunkles was probably Luau our, Krunkles, our best one.
0: Dr. Robot yeah. was another, the, probably the, the best kind of fruity ones. I do want to explain a little bit though. Here we are recording September 20th while we're still going after these uh, these fruity beers I'm going to be honest I, I was in the store <laughs> and I'm like alright it's time for Oktoberfest like I'm ready to start getting into the wheats you know the, the ales and, and those Oktoberfest beers but I will say this coming back from Ireland where it was a crisp, crisp 60 degrees every day and I never sweated once as soon as I got back here, it was that Insta sweat.
1: Yeah, that this Georgia heat is unforgivable. Yeah,
0: here in Georgia, it's easily in the nineties here in late September. It's We're, been in the nineties every day this week that I've been back. It's killing me. So when I was looking for beers, I thought, okay, I still I still need a tropical beer because I'm I'm dying every day.
1: You know, actually, tomorrow is the first day of fall.
0: Not down here it's not.
1: Yeah, but you can't tell why this weather.
0: That's I will say, over in Ireland it felt like football season, even though they don't play football. Like I could it just had that feeling of, you know, when you're out tailgating like a college game. Yeah. You know, late October, November and it's crisp outside. It felt like that over there. Over here, it does not feel like football season yet outside. But that's why we're going with the tropical beers still. Still, so let's uh let's pop open this Sierra Nevada Tropical Torpedo and uh, give it a try. And I do gotta say, I have actually tried this before. This is KK's first time. I uh, had a few of these at Music Midtown over the weekend over at Piedmont Park, and I uh, enjoyed them a lot. So let's let's try it out.
1: I I will say I can kind of taste the the fruit flavors in there and it kind of says mango papaya passion fruit i kind of taste a lot of passion fruit in it it's not very fruity it's not overbearing it's not like a dr robot or luau crunk where you really get that flavor yeah but i can kind of understand where they're going going with it not my favorite definitely not the worst that we've tried
0: to me all right so it's a tropical ipa right to me this one does the best job of balancing out The fruit, and then that IPA flavor. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Because we had that one, I forget what the zombie one, where we thought it was gonna be really fruity, and it was like completely flat, and had like almost a bitter taste to it. This one, to me, the ones we like a lot have been really fruity, really seasonal, and they taste like beer. This one, to me, probably balances it out the best.
1: Yeah, for me, IPAs, my opinion, they're bitter. IPAs are they taste more hot they're Hoppier they just taste bitter so When you try to do a fruity IPA You kind of have to find that balance of I want to have this this fruit Flavor but I don't want to make it too fruity So then it's kind of a a Summer beer but you also want to Have that IPA flavor Also so but I will say this one Does a good job of kind of halfway
0: Yeah so of
1: both flavors Best of both worlds I guess you could say
0: So rating tropical torpedo Over here want me to go first
1: no I mean I I give this a seven
0: that's I was about to say I'll I'll give it a a seven I'm kind of surprised you give it a seven that's exactly where I was gonna put it I do like it like I said I had had a decent amount over the weekend at at music midtown over in Piedmont Park um for all you Atlanta folks you know where that is but that's where I first had it and I really enjoyed it I thought it's still hot I wanted you to try it out so Seven, that's exactly what I was going to give with it. Yeah, it's not bad at all. All right, Sierra Nevada Tropical Torpedo. Um, People in the rest of the country where it's actually fall, you might be over the Fruity Beers. Um, I'm jealous of you. For everybody else still down here in the south sweating it out, (laughs) uh, feel free to stop by and get a Tropical Torpedo. With that being said, we're going to do what we always do at the beginning of the show. KK is going to give us his take on the Braves this last week and I have a feeling it's not gonna be the the best
1: <laughs> yeah the Braves um what was it last week we went on a six game road trip out to the west we had just got swept by the Boston Red Sox at home so we went out west all we did was played six games we went five and one which or seven games we went six and one actually so we're all high and mighty we're coming yep. back we're our magic numbers continually to to decrease and we get back home we play the Nationals for three last weekend we lose two out of three on that one and then the St. Louis Cardinals come in we lose two out of three on that one luckily we won yesterday so we start a series this weekend a four game series with the Philadelphia Phillies Now, we've been talking about it all year. Philadelphia Phillies are still second in the NL East. We are ahead by six games, and our magic number is now six. So, essentially, your magic number is pretty much your clinching number to clinch the division. Well, since we're playing them head-to-head, if we win three times this weekend, this series, we will clinch the division. So, magic number never goes up. It always comes down. So, and we're playing head-to-head. If you win, you can gain two games per the win. So, what I'm saying is we won yesterday. Let's try to keep this momentum going. We've been so streaky in the second half. I feel like we're on for a week, then we're off for a week. So, I'm hoping we're kind of hitting our stride right here. Really, possibly end it this weekend. And I'm hoping he, Brian Snicker, rests the bullpen and these starter pitchers for next week. Because right now, the pitching has been terrible. We're walking guys left and right, just not being consistent. Offense might get us four runs, but we're giving up seven all by walks. We have to tighten up or we're not going to do anything in the playoffs. But it brings you back to another point Well, we're already overachieving. Well, I said this a couple episodes ago, I'm all in now. It's no, I'm not about, oh, I'm happy where we're at. I'm at the point now, I want to win it all.
0: If we're going to be this good, let's be this good for real. Yeah,
1: don't tease me. So, to wrap it all up, big game this week. This weekend, four games against the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll start game one tonight on Thursday. And, hey, man, all we got to do is win three games. It doesn't have to be three in a row. I'd love to be three in a row. But I'm also looking for tickets for this weekend. That, it would be really cool to go to the game where we clinch. Yeah, that would be kind of cool.
0: That would be cool. So, I know Sunday is probably going to be a big game.
1: Definitely. Well, if we win tonight, Friday, and Saturday, then it's not as big, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm also Sunday's a day game, so I ain't
0: sitting through this heat. (laughs) So you uh, just hang out at the battery, you know, one one of the restaurants. I was
1: listening to the radio today. They're talking about this is what the battery was made for. Yeah. Just having, imagine if we clinch at home this weekend. How crazy the battery That's where I want to go. I want to go for the atmosphere. You have
0: a sold out stadium, but then you have, huge amounts of people that can actually just hang out around the stadium that aren't actually at the game yeah, and yeah. just make that environment that, you know, where you go and it feels like a buzzing environment.
1: I know over the summer, me and a buddy went to a game, and it was a Monday night against the Miami Marlins, and we won, but game ended maybe about 10, but we're partying until like 2 a.m. That's what the battery is about. It's having this nightlife after the game yeah, and keeping these young people interested like we've always said too, making baseball fun again for this younger younger team. So I'm excited. I, I they give me so many headaches as far as the Braves, as far as the some of the dumb stuff the pitching does. But we're holding our ground. We're we're really thank God that the Phillies have been so terrible too. Because luckily when we lose, they lose. So that's kind of how it's been kind of going. That's why we still have this lead. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. I'm I'm tired of stressing over the All Braves. Right.
0: So we'll see what happens over the weekend and uh, check back in next week. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to be able to come in next week and have everything clenched up, not stress about end of the season. I mean, we've talked about it on here. We feel like the last few times we've kind of made it to the postseason, it's been in that wild card game where you're stressing, you're stressing, you're yeah. stressing. Then it's the last game of the season and you're stressing. Then you go to the wild card and you're stressing for that one game play in. Uh, it'd be kind of nice to not have to, you know, Kill yourself over the Braves.
1: Yeah. So the Braves have ten games left. The last regular season game will be next Sunday against the Phillies again in Philadelphia. Yeah, we play the Phillies a lot coming up. We got seven the, games, the ten games left, seven of them with the Phillies. So and they just it, happen
0: to be second place. They just
1: have yeah, happen to be second place. That that's how schedulers would love for it to all play out <laughs> yeah. that way. But
0: so where's where my point? All right, right now, though, who do you see in the wild card?
1: The wild card, right now, it looks like the Cubs are going to seal up the Central Division. It's probably going to be the Brewers and maybe the Cardinals, three teams from the Central, all in there in the playoffs. It's either—it's going to be the Brewers for sure. I think it's going to be either the Cardinals or the Rockies. I think the Dodgers are, went out west. Oh, that's where I was going. So that, yeah, last game is next Sunday. And probably our first playoff game, which most likely will be against the Dodgers, would probably be tuesday or wednesday maybe thursday of that week after so it's you finish the season you got three or four days off and you're right back in it which i kind of like i kind of yeah. want I, I hope the team's kind of hitting their stride right now to go on a little run because once you make it to the playoffs i say this for every sport you make the playoffs there's a whole nother season everything starts over
0: this is true yeah nothing nothing you did in the season matters so we'll see what happens next week Looking forward to it. It's definitely an exciting time to be a Braves fan, even though they've they've given us some headaches over the last week. I mean, we're looking for a strong finish and like you said, I mean we're we're literally a week away from the end of all of this. So go Braves. Don't be the barves. Please don't. <laughs> so for, for my sake. All right. So jumping out of baseball real quick. Before we get into everything going on this weekend. Since so I wasn't here last week, I couldn't talk about NFL. I can not talk about, you know, Falcons, Eagles, first game of the season. Things I was looking forward to because we've already had this discussion. KK is the big college guy. I'm the big NFL guy, but we love both. Uh, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on NFL week one. Uh, some, of, some of the things you just saw that you liked, you didn't like. I mean, if you can, think back to two weeks ago now. Well, for one... Well, yeah, two weeks ago now, and even this last weekend. I mean, let's just kind of week one and two, wrap it up. Wrap it up
1: real quick. So, two weeks of NFL football, we have two ties. I think that, and of course, my my team, the Steelers, was, I was involved with that. I was
0: overseas. I was in a whole different continent, a whole different country. I'm in a pub where I finally get some Wi-Fi. And what do I see? I see the Steelers Tied up with the Browns. And what's the first thing I do with that Wi Fi? <laughs> I had to send KK a message. I said, Man, what is up with your Steelers tying with the Browns?
1: I didn't want to get into them right now because they have a lot of issues as far as locker room. But yeah, so we've had two weeks, we have two ties. Of course, Browns and Steelers. And also last week, we had Packers and Vikings ended with a tie. But for us, so far in this NFL season, most impressive teams I've seen so far would be, one, Jacksonville Jaguars. We know, we talked about it before, their incredible defense that they got. And it's just,
0: it still looks like it's locked down from last year. It and does. what they did to Tom I'm, Brady. I'm shocked. I will say uh Rob Gronkowski is on my fantasy team. <laughs> he didn't do none. And I would have won last week if he had have done literally anything more then yep. catch two passes for 15 yards. I would say, I think he had 15 Two yards. passes for 15 yards. Rob Gronkowski, the supposedly the best tight end in the game, and people still think he is, and I think he is. I think he is. But I think it's just a testament to that Jacksonville defense of how great they are.
1: Well, I think it goes, yeah, for the Patriots, I mean, yeah, this shut down Gronk. Who else you got? And that's why they probably went out and got Josh Gordon over the, this past week. But, yeah, what they did the. Uh, Tom Brady this past week and what Blake Bortles was able to do was really impressive. The Chiefs have also looked pretty good with Pat Mahomes at quarterback. I don't know how long this could last, but we'll see. Go to your Falcons. They're not impressive. That game one. So I mean, I will say I was yeah. disappointed. in So that. game
0: one, I actually I was still. That was the night before I left the country, so I got to sit home. And as I was packing, I got to got to watch most of the game and. I'm gonna tell you, it was still frustrating because it felt just like last season. That okay, yep. we're driving, we're driving. We get into the red zone, and all of a sudden we can't do anything. And it seemed like all off season I heard, oh, Sarkeesian and Matt Ryan, they're they're really clicking. It's it's going into year two. You got to give it a little bit. And I'll tell you, after week one, yeah, I'm probably jumping the gun, but I'm like, all right, man, we got to get rid of Sarkeesian. Like I'm I'm over it. I saw it all last season. You took. The best offense in the league two years ago to last season. We couldn't score. And then we come into week one, and it seems like there's no plays other than Ryan DeJulio. And then you get in the red zone, and we just have nothing. So I'll say, I don't want to get into this last weekend's but that was my takeaway after week one. I was disgusted with what I saw in week one. I was relatively happy with some of our defense. I just couldn't believe how stagnant our offense gets once we're within 20 yards of that end zone.
1: Yeah, I totally agree watching the game. I'm like, man, this is the same stuff that happened last year and watching the, when they're playing the Eagles, I was like, I even tweeted out from the count, like there's more receivers than Julio Jones on this team, but you couldn't tell. I mean, yeah, he's your best receiver, not even close top two receiver in the league. But also you got to understand, go to somewhere else. When he was so good two years ago, Shanahan's offense man they're spreading the ball to everybody that's I got, the thing Taylor we, Gabriel got a big contract just because of yeah, that
0: year but that's the thing you got okay so we lost Taylor Gabriel when well, we brought in Calvin Ridley really to fill in that exact spot kind of that I think he had one catch opening yeah game. yeah the opening game we still got Muhammad Sanu who is a, a high talent receiver I mean he's nothing to, to laugh at I'm Like we have people to get it to I mean even throwing it out of the backfield to Devontae Freeman or something just don't if it's pass play, don't make them just shut down Julio. So he comes
1: back with well, week two. He spreads the ball out. They play Carolina at home. They come with the win 31, 24 Matt Ryan looks su- supremely better than what he did week one. So I'll but say, also, I, I would say too, I noticed a lot of audibles at the line. Yeah. Maybe he's saying, all right, forget this Sarkeesian stuff. Yeah. You can t- call the play, but I'm going to call. If I see something different, I'm going to do something else. And that's what, a lot of people have been wanting so far. I'm cause. fine
0: with that. Matt Ryan's been in the league a while. Okay. What does Peyton Manning get all his praise for? Omaha. Not not just, <laughs> oh, he, he had the best arm. No, Peyton Manning. He didn't have it, a great arm. Peyton Manning is known for getting up to the line and dissecting the defense and calling the right play out of that formation. That's what I think Matt Ryan needs to start doing. Now, I will say, I think Starkeesian still did a better job week two because we were getting into the red zone and uh, scoring. Yeah, we were scoring. I think we were four for four in the red zone. So, I was really impressed with that. That's the main thing I wanted to see, right? I mean, that's been the biggest frustration. So, to finally see us score on Luke keekley and, and the Panthers' defense, I was so happy with that. But what surprised me a lot was the pressure we were putting on Cam. Mm-hmm. My man, Tack McKinley, had his number all day. Tack? Yeah, Tack's going to be really good for them. Unfortunately, he has an injury.
1: And that's, yeah, no, that's another thing with these Falcons. Man, we got injuries so left and right.
0: So, the Falcons now, players that are dinged up, Tack, McKinley, Devontae Freeman, and Derrick. Julio Jones are all...
1: Julio will be all right. He'll, he'll play for sure. But Tack's questionable. Derek Shelby, the other defensive end, he's questionable. Devontae's probably not playing either. Now, and, of course, you got Keanu Neal. Yeah, Keanu Neal's
0: out. Which, Deion Jones out for the year. Yeah, so we had a... Uh, our backup safety in he hit Cam got ejected that was that was bad had to put in our our third string now I will say yeah as soon as it happened I knew he was ejected and I mean there's really no defending that um, I've heard people try to say oh he no, did this Chris. to that like nah you just can't do that in football um, I think to be honest I don't think it's necessarily dirty as in i one to injure this guy I think it's backup In game at home, seeing Cam Newton coming, wanting to kind of you know make his mark, but you can't do that, and he got ejected. I had no problem with the ejection. I mean, he'll be back, and that's fine. So yeah, that that was a bad hit. You can't dive in the quarterback's face when when he's sliding on the ground. But other than that, I I mean, I did like our defense. Injuries, I I mean, yeah, I'm worried about him, but tevin coleman he had a hell of a game he he was breaking runs
1: Man, a lot of people say tevin's better they paid the wrong guy That's what I, a lot of people say. i don't
0: think he's better but he he's gonna get his contract next year and i mean there's no love lost like um but he was putting up some some good numbers so with Devontae being out yeah it hurts us but i think tevin coleman's as good of a second string as you can get because let's be honest next year he's not going to be a second string somewhere else
1: all right, before we move on to this week, week three, I did want to say I have really had two teams that have been so impressive to me that's like, wow. I already said the Jaguars. The other team is the Rams. Okay. These Rams are Todd Gurley. I've never had faith in Jared Goff, especially coming in this year because the way they kind of folded in the playoffs last year against the Falcons. Yeah. But Goffs look good. That defense is fire. They've added plenty of pieces of that. This Rams team, and they're not just winning. Like, they're putting up points. They beat the Cardinals this week by 34. That doesn't happen in the NFL. NFL, yeah. Like, yeah, in college, you'll have teams beat 40, 49 to 10. Like, that's that's hence, a weekly
0: basis. Hence my argument why the NFL's better.
1: <laughs> but Rams beat the Cardinals 34 to 0. Like, that just don't happen. Like, this is NFL. Everybody, are, yeah. So,
0: but moving on. Well, real quick, before we uh jump ahead, you're talking about your – your most or not most surprised, but your most impressive teams. Most impressive. I want to talk about the teams I'm kind of most Down disappointed on? in. No. Not disappointed because, like, I don't, I'm not a fan. I really don't care. You know what I thought was was pathetic was that Seahawks performance Monday night against the Bears.
1: That Bears defense is nasty. but The Bears defense I... is
0: nasty. I mean, they got some some Georgia guys on there, as we know. But to be honest, man, Seattle looks done. I mean,
1: which e- I I I knew they were. I Earl Thomas knew they were. That's why he wanted to be traded. It's just it got one of the. I mean, yeah, what three, four, five years ago they were top of the league, best defense of the league, defense nasty. But you, when it comes down to it, you can't pay all these guys. That's why I pressuring the Falcons. Like, look, you have all this young talent. Well, now you're missing two of them. But yeah, you can't pay them all. So you gotta. While these guys have rookie contracts, you got to make the most out of what you do because, as you can see from the Seahawks, it dissipates quickly. But they
0: still – I mean, I've been hearing, like, players still go back to not handing it off to Marshawn in the Super Bowl. Like, that – Ever since then, it's kind of – It's crazy because I'm still hearing stories of once that happened, players were really questioning Pete Carroll and, like, okay, what's our identity? Like, we're supposed to be this rough and tough team – and we got Beast Mode, which you gotta think, at back back in that year, like Beast Mode was as popular a running back as you had in the game. And it's all of a sudden once that happened, guys once you have guys start questioning the leadership and guys don't know the identity of the team, that's when it starts breaking apart. And it's just crazy how out of that one play you you're still hearing the ramifications of that. So I think the Seahawks, I mean, yeah, they're they're done. I, they're going to still have their flashes because I I do think Russell Wilson's still a great talent. I have never I've never thought he's like the greatest quarterback, but he's a great talent to have back there. I he think is. he's I, I swear sure
1: he he eludes defenders. Yeah, like he's no, he's what one.
0: Kaepernick was for like a year. That's what Russell Wilson's been able to kind of make that into his career. You know that that one year Kaepernick just popped and was in the Super Bowl. He was outrunning everybody; nobody could touch him. That's what Russell Wilson still has that on his feet. But I think has a little better arm, little better decision making, and Russell Wilson's good. But this team, I just don't see much. Give me, give me one team you're seeing that just not cutting it. Oh, I'll tell you real quick. I'll say Steelers. Yeah, Pittsburgh. (laughs) So speaking of text, what I texted yesterday, I was like, what? Or two days ago, I was like, what's going on with your man Antonio Brown? So all of a sudden, here we got reports this week. Antonio Brown didn't show up to practice Monday right suppose supposedly had like family personal reasons reasons. okay but he just so also happened to respond to a tweet from a steelers pr guy not like an official steelers account just some pr guy tweeted didn't really at antonio brown but just kind of yeah
1: he just said antonio brown's lucky he has big ben because he wouldn't be nothing without
0: said big ben made antonio brown which i think is still stupid to say but he said it and what was antonio brown's response Trade me and we'll see. Exactly. <laughs> so you basically within about 24 hours had Antonio Brown on Twitter saying "Go ahead and trade me," and then not showing up for practice.
1: Well, yeah, and it was a bad look too because Sunday during the game, during their loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, there is a clip of had him on camera, kind of arguing with the offense coordinator, which he's done that in the past. He did it last year, and then after that he went off, but the Steelers. You don't tie the Cleveland Browns. For one, you had a chance to win. You missed a kick at the end. Really, you should have lost, but you blocked a field goal. So, that's real on the defense. Granted, I give it to the Sears. They fought back. They tied it up, 21-21, and it was kind of a shootout after that. But now you got all these stories. Of course, you got the Le'Veon Bell issue. Like, he never came back. He's right. probably, he's not coming back. I mean, I'll tell you, you that right so? now.
0: No, I don't. You don't he's, think even – uh, what was the initial report? So, it started off like four games. Well, I, I think – ten games.
1: I think you have until week eight. I think you, you have until eight games. Like, if he doesn't show up for eight games, I think you can't play at all. Something, I don't know, something weird like that. We need our stat guy. Stat guy. We need a stat guy to find that out for us. But uh, I don't think he's coming back. I know that there was a video this week. He was down it, in Miami in riding the jet skis. Jet skis. Yeah. yeah. And one of the guys is a fan or somebody talking to him. said, like, yeah, you need to pay him. He was like, yeah, pay me, stuff like that. So he ain't coming back. And I... And now you got Antonio Brown doing this. And the whole locker room's kind of just dismantled.
0: And I think Big, it sucks. I think Big Ben's gone. If this, if this thing really falls apart, he don't want to sit around for any kind of rebuild. He's already no, heck no. Yeah. every offseason, he's already kind of questioned retirement.
1: Exactly. He definitely ain't want to sit around for a rebuild. And I feel like every year they try to improve on this defense, defense, defense. Because they have an electric offense. All those pieces they got, well, if Le'Veon. But even James Conner has stepped in. He's on my fantasy team. That's one of those those yeah. late ads, those free yeah. agent ads. He's been winning me winning me a couple weeks. So, but that offense is electric. You, they're like the Falcons. When they're hitting, they're hitting. And you can't stop them. But it's the defense. So, we continue to draft these players, these young players, and try to develop them. But you don't give up points like that to Kansas City. And even the Browns, you had to tie him so that yeah so your dis- most disappointing team who was it again i said seahawks yeah seahawks seahawks and my disappointing team is the steelers i would also say i'm disappointing the detroit lions i'm not going to go into debt with that but their defense under patricia who's of course he was new england's defensive coordinator last year they've looked bad but so that's our little recap real quick let's move on to week three what what we're looking forward to um my steelers of course they're playing in tampa Oh, another surprise! Tampa Bay Bucks.
0: Oh man, yeah. How how are we not going to talk about Fitz Magic? <laughs> yeah, I know
1: that it kind of slipped my I'm mind. Glad you brought oh, it's that Tampa up. Bay, it slips your mind. Yeah, but yeah, Fitz
0: Magic. Yeah. So Ryan course, Ryan Fitzpatrick,
1: I've always thought he's solid. He's been decent, but I feel like he. I mean, he he's I feel like he always does this. He kind of fills in, and he gets your hopes up. So then some team's going to pay him money, and then he's like, "Bleh."
0: Yeah, but. Okay, so he's he's as good as a backup you can get. He, yeah. To me, he's like old-school Matt Schaub. How about I say Matt Schaub? That, yeah, that's weird because I remember back when Matt Schaub was backup for Vic on the Falcons. I liked him. I was like, man, if he goes in, he's still solid. He's not going to lose us the game. And
1: he got a huge deal And with then the he, he went to the
0: Texans. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's a starter. Now he's back to our backup. He did fumble on his one possession <laughs> in the game, but I'm not going to get into that. But, no, that's what Fitzpatrick reminds me of is, you put him in, well, up until these last couple weeks, I'm like, you put him in, he's not going to lose you a game. He might not necessarily win the game, but he's got enough of arm to make the, make the throws. He's smart as hell. Then you go to Harvard or something. Yeah, yeah. like he, he's smart. He's he's not going to make dumb decisions. He, he's as good a backup as you can get. But then here with Jameis Winston being suspended for all his stuff, which we already kind of touched on a little bit, Man, back to back four touchdown games.
1: Yeah, against the Saints, who last year one of the best defenses in the league. I don't think they're that great this year. Both two weeks in a row, they've well they should have lost to Cleveland this past week, but yeah, and then they go against the Fe- the Eagles. Atlanta put up twelve points against them. So, but Bucks, yeah, they're two and zero. But the thing about the Bucks, I don't see that as I don't you know the other impressive teams we talked about with the Rams and. Jaguars, I, that's prolonged success. Yeah, yeah. I can
0: see them going I agree, at yeah. least
1: 12 and 4 each. I you think know? this is,
0: all right, this team's hot. Fitzpatrick is hot. That's why everybody's calling him Fitzmagic. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, he's hot. I don't think this is yeah, I don't sustained see- for the whole mm-hmm. season. But the question is, and I heard this on the radio the other day or one of the shows. Usually, if you get hurt, and you go out, your backup comes in, and he he's doing he's doing well. I'm not gonna say all the time. Typically, when you're back healthy, they'll you know usually get your spot back. Except you know Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. That was kind of one of the first times where it's like, oh man, they're not like they're just gonna keep Kaepernick out there, and they made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, so I,
1: mean, it, I mean Jake Fromm and Jacob Beeson, Yeah, Georgia. Yeah, different different level, but
0: yeah. So here you go, Jameis Winston. I mean, high draft pick. You know that's. That's Tampa Bay's guy. I've said my words on Jameis. I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail. I don't think he's the most accurate. I don't think he's the smartest quarterback. He's He's got some talent. There's no doubt in that. He's a physical beast. But, that being said, Jameis isn't out because he's hurt. Jameis is out because of some decisions he's made. Childish. Childish. Reasons. So, the question is, when Jameis comes back what was it four game suspension four so we got two might be
1: three. I think this might be his last. I don't know it might be four
0: either way we got one or two more games does Jameis come back to an immediate starting job
1: I don't think he does I think they I don't know though it's one of those let's let Buccaneers play Steelers this week so let's say Tampa Bay is 3-0 I don't think they will be but <laughs> Let's say they're three and zero, and then they go on next week. They are four and zero. You can't bring Jameis back in if FitzMagic, FitzMagic, <laughs> if Fitzpatrick keeps up what he's doing, you can't put him back in. Imagine if you do put him back in, and all the the hate, the uh, the opinions that will come out on Dirt Cutter and that team, you can't do that.
0: So he, he's going to play though. So here, gonna, here's my thought. Yeah, what? Here's the thing, people keep saying, oh, as long as he's winning, you keep him in there. Well, here's my thing, this is the NFL, People don't you don't go undefeated, this isn't, you know, college, you have an undefeated season, make it to the playoffs, NFL, everybody loses to everybody, or hell, they might end in a tie with the Browns, I don't know, <laughs> but he's gonna lose at some point, people keep saying, as long as he's winning, you gotta keep him in there, so all of a sudden, he doesn't throw four touchdowns in a game, and they, they lose one game by a touchdown, okay, now you put Jamison in. To me, that doesn't make much sense. Second of all, I think if you put Jameis in, the minute he loses, I think he's lost some fanfare in Tampa. Oh, he definitely has. This this dumb stuff he's been doing that he did, I mean, it's offensive to a lot of people. I mean, it's offensive in general, but Jameis has just not made the best decisions. But let's just go off skill. You put him back in, he looks a little sloppy because the man's been sitting out. All of a sudden, what, here's what I heard it compared to. You got a Tebow situation on your hands. You got this backup that everybody's just pressuring you to put in. Got this backup that the team, the fans, like you said, everybody's going to give Dirk Cutter some some pressure to put him back in. And here's a surprising thing I've heard. Apparently, everybody in that organization, including the players in the locker room, love Fitzpatrick. Yeah. They, like he's a well-respected guy in the locker room and throughout the office. I mean, he's like people look at Fitzpatrick as a well-respected guy in that organization. So I don't know. I mean, like you said, they're going to put Jameis back in. They, I think they looks, they're afraid they'll look stupid if they don't, cause that's their guy. But man, I I think it's going to get, I think it's going to get ugly to be honest. I think you're going to get some tension in the locker room. I think you're going to get some tension in the fan base People wanting this guy. People wanting this guy. I really don't know what the answer is.
1: I think what makes it a little bit easier for them is Jameis. Yeah, this is your number one pick. But he hadn't been that great. No. Even in these years. So, well, in mean, his rookie
0: year, he was.
1: Yeah, but since then, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of
0: no. progression. And we talked about that in the offseason. I mean, before he was even like really suspended, We I kind of talked about Jameis and how I don't think he's progressing that well. I just don't know. I think the organization is going to put him back in and I don't think it's going to be great to be honest when he does go back in.
1: Yeah. I I think what's helping Fitzpatrick is Jameis hadn't been that great. So it makes the decision a little bit easier. Yeah. So when he comes, comes back, if you're still on this
0: run, no, you don't change. But it. to be fair, I mean, we said, like we said, he's not going to throw four touchdowns every game. Yeah. They're they're not gonna win every game. They're they can't. They're not that that great. But I don't know. I think it's gonna be interesting. And to be to be honest, as a as a Falcons homer, I don't care. I'm ready for some drama in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Let them tear themselves apart over quarterback drama. I love it. So congrats. Shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's killing it right now. Um, I say he's killing it more than like the Bucks.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree because they're kind. They're really just outscoring people. Yeah, that's really what they're doing. Yeah. So. Other note of games in week three, tonight, Thursday, on a little Thursday night game. Well,
0: first off, so you you think Steelers are winning, though? Yeah, they're going to win. Okay.
1: So, Thursday night game, you got Jets and the Browns tonight. I'm saying it right here. Browns are winning tonight. Technically, their losing streak ended in week one with a tie, but (laughs) they're going to win tonight. They're going to beat the Jets. The first win since 2016, because they went – defeated last year yeah so it's gonna be the first win since 2016 I actually agree with you yeah because I will say this the thing is they have not played bad no they haven't they just had stupid mistakes at the end with kickers can't make field goals stuff at the end they've played pretty decent I'll say this I think the Jets
0: drafted a good quarterback
1: yeah well week one everybody got on the Sam Darnold hype train and
0: well, week two they kind of fold it. even apart from the height I think he's solid but I mean let's be honest the Jets just don't have that much the Browns I think this one's going to be close I don't think anybody
1: yeah it's going to be close
0: really runs away with it I think this one could go either way um who's at home
1: it's, a, it's in Cleveland
0: it's in Cleveland
1: yeah so, so I'm taking Cleveland you're,
0: you're going Browns yeah I think I could go Browns too like Except, I said, I mean, they're kind of just due for one. This is not the same Browns team that that went defeated last year. Yeah, not at all.
1: It's not. They're leaps and bounds better than that team.
0: I'd say just give it to Chubb.
1: Yeah, give it to Chubb. Or give it to Carlos Hyde because he's on my fantasy team. At least (laughs) get him him like a two-yard touchdown. I'll be fine.
0: What other games are you? Well, I think the
1: other other game we can highlight on would be your Falcons
0: against the Saints. Huge huge rivalry game. Oh, this is my – somebody asked me – over the weekend because man with with them going after cam and that you know that shot our safety took on him, but i get a little joy when tack mckinley comes from behind cam and just slams him into the ground and i hate the panthers somebody asked me do you think this has become more of a rivalry with the falcons and panthers than the falcons and saints used to be and i still say no i still think it's falcons and saints all day because i think we're the only two that are that are ever top top echelon. Panthers have had good year good years, but they're not elite. And I was
1: listening to the radio earlier today, they were talking about this rivalry that's kinda that's grown between the Saints yeah, and the Falcons. And
0: I love it. I love it.
1: Well the Saints were I guess came into the league the year after the Falcons did. And even when they were bottom of the league, it took the Falcons I think thirteen years to make the playoffs. It took the Saints, I think, 15 years to have a win 500 season. But they've always have had this rivalry. And they, they look back, in the last nine seasons, so last night they played two times a year, so they've played 18 times. Nine of those games have been a primetime game. Yeah. And this year, the Thanksgiving is going to be Saints and Falcons. Thanksgiving night.
0: That's That's, so that's going to be amazing. That's
1: one of those games, like, during the day you watch the Lions play before you go eat. And when you're eating, you watch the Dallas Cowboys play. Then at night, when you're settling down, everybody's going to be tuning in this game. It's a huge atmosphere. It's going to be in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But this is a huge rivalry that I think the rest of America is starting to see, especially now because these are these are the two top, as far as consistent teams, yeah. in the NFC South. You said Carolina, they had a good couple of years, but they're kind of up and down. So this is a huge game. Very huge.
0: I think I think you hit the point on the head the saints i think they're they're hungry because they have been underperforming a little bit the falcons okay we finally had our offense pop in one game i think it's really important to show that that wasn't a fluke against oh, something about carolina's defense i want to show that no it's the falcons offense is actually that good and let's be fair the falcons losing to the eagles at home Twice. Well, Eagles at home. Yeah. Okay, so that's our our last two losses is in Philadelphia. That's a tough team. They won the Super Bowl. Granted, I'm not happy with the week one performance. But, all right, week two, we settled down. We're playing at home. Beat the Panthers. I want to show that's not a fluke on our offense. I'm wanting our offense to start clicking, coming out. Whether Julio's hurt or not, whether he's in, whatever, put him in as a decoy, I don't care. Our rookie, Calvin Ridley... Finally got his first touchdown pass. And, man, I, that was a great feeling because you could just see how happy he was. He caught it. He spiked that ball. It's one of those, you know, I've arrived moments. Especially, yeah. you know, he had family there. I mean, he went to Bama. He's, mm-hmm. he's you know, Southern boy. People coming to Atlanta. So, I'm excited for this game. Who do you got?
1: It's close because, like how you said, but the offense. You don't know which offense you're going to get. But, you also made a good point. Their last two losses have been been against the Eagles. The last two Falcons losses, and I think Philadelphia's got that. Philadelphia plays with kind of punch you in the mouth, physical ball. Which the Falcons, they're f- finesse. Like the Falcons are finesse. They don't have that really. that yeah. just beat you up and kind of manhandle you. Mm-hmm. Falcons are a lot of finesse, and they showed that in the Super Bowl year that, that offense. So for me, it's I don't know which offense you're gonna get. I don't. I I think it's gonna be a shootout. So because I don't think the Saints' defense is very good.
0: Yeah, their defense isn't very good. Our defense is is dinged up a little bit. So I agree, it's gonna be offensive game. They still have, you know, their running back. We got Tevin Coleman, who, like I already said, he had a big showing out last week. Um, I think if we can get some kind of consistency in the running game, it opens up everything else. I do think it hurts if Julio's not there, but I think if anything, just put him on the field. Let him let him be out there. Because then the defense at least has to plan for it.
1: Julio's going to be fine. It's going to be a shootout. The Falcons are favored by three, which really that's just home field advantage. Yeah. So I think because the Fal- it's a must win for the Falcons because it's at home and it's against the Saints, so that place is going to be crazy. Atlanta's going to be crazy this weekend. I think the Falcons pull it out. I think they're able to – I mean, Breeze is going to get his. I mean, he's top five quarterback in the league. He's going to complete 70% of his passes. But I think the Falcons are going to be able to squeeze it out.
0: All right. I agree. I think the Falcons win. I mean, I kind of like that spread. I mean, by three, I don't think it's either team's going to run away with it. Um, who else? Any other games you're looking forward to this week? As far as the uh, 49ers and Chiefs will
1: be good, those two offenses. Um, as far as, it's pretty, uh, NFL is pretty even keel each week. I mean, you might have a couple big games, but they're all big. It's the NFL. I and mean, like, your point always is the, these are the best best athletes in the world. So, it's, it's not like college football where you're playing a high school team one week, you know? Yeah. So, all these games have potential to be good, and that's just how the NFL is. I'll say,
0: here's one more team I just saw come across that I do think is kind of not falling apart, but underperforming the Raiders (laughs) yeah John Gruden I don't think Gruden has been a good fit at the Raiders and I I thought he would do a little better I I said that there were definitely there's definitely talk about him not really clicking with anybody I think he's clicked with Carr and their relationship is fine but aside from that it's falling apart Khalil Mack leaving has definitely hurt so I think the Raiders are underperforming That's just a little side note. Not really anything about this week, but I just saw that team come across the board, and I thought, yeah, the Raiders have definitely not lived up to the hype, especially, you know, they're going to be moving cities, and they need that fan base to really grow. They're doing the exact opposite of what they need to.
1: Well, the thing about John Gruden, uh, I didn't love the hire. I think people fell in love with with him with all the knowledge he has on Monday Night Football. I mean, yeah, he has a lot of knowledge, tons of knowledge, but that doesn't necessarily – mean being a great coach and he comes from an older era era so I just don't think he kind of meshes well with the players I mean the players have changed they demand more now as far as they demand more off time during the week yeah different stuff like that so he has a tough road ahead of him to win over that locker room win over that team and as a coach even when he was coaching year in year out he's a sub 500 coach People just fell in love with them. I fell in love with them too.
0: Well, you get that ring. That changes everything.
1: Yeah, it does. So, NFL, that's our week three kind of preview. Now, we'll move on to college football.
0: Well, before we do that, it's been a couple weeks since we've done this. But I want to jump into that time. That we've been hearing stuff over the last two weeks now. Haven't gotten to vent. I really got some stuff I gotta get off my chest because I've had a headache been building up for a couple weeks now. You know what time it is? It's time for the hangover. Time for the hangover of the week. Hangover of the week. Okay, so again, hangover of the week. It's been a little bit but, uh, hangover of the week, this is just a story we've been hearing, uh, Kind of sick of you know when you got the hangover, you got a headache, stomach's kind of messed up, you're ready to just put this thing to bed and get rid of it. So, this week I'll go ahead and start off first with my hangover of the week. It's actually a relatively new story, and mine's going to be quick and short. But, uh, it's come out that Jimmy Butler is requesting a trade from the Timberwolves. Now, to me, Jimmy Butler is I don't think he's a top talent I don't think he's top guy on your team if you're a good team I think if you're a mediocre team he can be a top guy on your team he went from the Bulls where he really kind of made his name followed Thibodeau down to the Timberwolves kind of tried to help build up the Timberwolves and I've been seeing Jimmy Butler getting a lot of flack for kind of wanting out of there something that he's a part of and really trying to build up the timberwolves Everybody's saying okay where are you gonna go why are you requesting trade what's the point uh, all i'm gonna say I, I think this is fair i think he's tried enough down where he's at it's really not working people say you get burnout playing for thibodeau too he kind of runs his players into the ground a la derrick rose <laughs> kind of just kept playing derrick rose and just runs him into the ground you know forty minutes a game. I think that team is getting too reliant on Jimmy Butler and it's getting too tough. And really all I'm gonna say is I support him in looking for this trade. Wherever they wherever they put him, I think it's a warranted request. What do you think? I don't really I mean I don't think he owes the Timberwolves any more than what he's tried giving them.
1: Yeah, but for me uh, it looks like he wants to go to the Clippers I mean if you want to go anywhere go back to the east.
0: So I mean some of these guys they just want to live where they want to live too. I mean maybe he just wants to be in LA. Yeah. Period.
1: I don't really get it, especially I mean NBA starts next month, October, so it's kind of late in the process. But suppose he's, he's just been butting heads with the team. At, I reports are he really doesn't like Karl Anthony Towns and I've heard that for, too.
0: I've heard Karl Anthony Towns a little too uh it's immature like yeah. a little too goofy Which, then
1: again I mean hell he's 20 years old if if that I, yeah I think he's 20 yeah, yeah it's the second year but I don't necessarily, necessarily agree with it I think this is his best situation as far as going to the east but I also think it's going to be if he goes to Los Angeles Clippers it's one year oh yeah because he so well are he wants a team of a Kyrie with the Knicks next year so Clippers could trade for him, but you're only getting him for one year and Clippers aren't doing anything in the playoffs. No in the Western conference. So it's just one of those things. Yeah. It's a, it's a story that I'm it's, seeing. I'm like, I don't really care about it. Yeah. Cause like it's they're making, I feel like they're making it bigger than
0: I think my, my whole problem is just the flat. I've seen some of the flack he's gotten for requesting the trade. I do agree with you. If you wanted to get out of there, you should have something. In July, yeah. not September, end of September. But at the same time, NBA is all about player mobility. NBA is also a player's league. So when you're one of the kind of the, the big names in the league and you want to trade, um, it's most likely going to happen if you're really unhappy. Or who knows, he could pull a Kawhi and just sit out all year. Mm-hmm. I, do, I don't think he'll do that. I think if he doesn't get traded, Jimmy Butler's still going to be out there playing. But I definitely, to me, he's a type of player. If he wants out of there, let him get out of there. Yeah, he'll probably go do one year somewhere and then go where he really wants to go. But he's tried, he was part of trying to rebuild that organization. And obviously, it hasn't really blossomed into what he wanted. And if he is butting, butting heads and wants out of there, I say just let him go. So, Jimmy Butler, my hangover of the week, I'm as. Let let the man go. I don't really care about giving him flack. Yeah, it's not the best decision, but hey, let the man go. Jimmy Butler, go to the Clippers, have fun losing for a year.
1: All right, so my hangover this week, I know it's all over the news. <clears throat> Some of y'all saw it last Sunday when it happened. Vontae Davis, a cornerback, a veteran cornerback, he used to be with the Colts, he's now with the Buffalo Bills. Well, at halftime... He took off his pads, put on his street clothes, and said, I'm retiring, I'm out the door. In the middle of a game. Now, my initial reactions were, man, that's messed up. You kind of left your team. Like, It's just messed up. You left your team pretty much stranded, and you pretty much just gave up. You quit. You quit. But the more I've been thinking about it and listening to some people talk about it, because, of course, the way it's looked like NFL players, former NFL players, talking on ESPN, Fox Sports 1, what have you, they don't like it. They're saying you're giving up on your team, at least wait till after the game, and woot to whoop. But listen, listening to more understand understandable people, I guess you could say, really just reporters and people in the media talking about it, Vontae Davis, he's a professional football player. So he's been a football player probably since he was eight or nine years old. He's a football player. When people ask you like, what do you do or what do you want to be? He's like, You I want to be a football player. And that's all he's ever known. Well, a quote came out today, he was asked, like, how are you feeling about it? Well, he said he said, To be honest, I feel great. Like this is the best I've felt in years. I mean, he might I th- he think he's more talking mentally than physically. Because all, that's all he's ever known was a football player. And I think he came to a realization, like, when he was out in the field, like, man, this ain't for me no more. Like, this ain't for me. Like, it's just time for me to step away and really start focus on a life, focus on family and what have you. Just start another life. I will say I don't agree with him doing it at halftime. Like, you could have waited. I like, really – or, hell, if you didn't want to play that second half, tell your coaches, like, look, I'm done. I can't keep up with these guys and ooh, ooh, kind of just run it that way. He definitely should have left at halftime but I think all the the flack he's getting for doing this is kind of I don't want to say uncalled for because it's warranted because like I, I like I just said I mean you quit at halftime but this, this he's a human too I mean he's human and look at everybody everybody in the world right let's say you step into a job like man this ain't for me like this ain't for me like I can't do this like this is too stressful and like whatnot, you quit. I mean, I remember uh, college, is my freshman year of college. I went to a class one day and I was like, I can't do this. I was overwhelmed. I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to do this. This is my first semester in college. I dropped the class. I pretty much quit. I was like, hey, I'll take it later. And I did take it later. But I don't know. I feel like he's just getting kind of a lot of hate for doing that. He could have handled it better. I give him that. So, what I'm trying to say is, like, let's just let it go. Like, let it be. I understand the hate because he quit at halftime. I wouldn't have done that. I would have at least waited to the end. But, let the man off the leash. Like, let him live his life. Because this is, that's one thing we don't understand with football players. We were both football players in high school, right? And one of the I remember after my my season ended my senior year, our coaches told us, like, if you're interested in playing college football, understand right now, like, that's all you do. Like, that is your life. You wake up at 5.30 to go to football workouts. Then you go to class. Then you go to practice. Then you go to study hall. Then you get back to your dorm about 10, 30, 11. And you have a class at 7. Because football players take their classes in the morning so they can practice in the afternoon. So they told us, like, it's your life. And that's been his life since he was 18 years old and really he was a football player before that eight or nine so let the man live let him go live his life and you got any thoughts on it
0: yeah i mean so i'll be the first one to say i understand kind of being burnt out like you just said your coaches had that discussion with you they had the same discussion with us i was a little ahead of you i mean we were done I remember them looking at me and looking back on it, I'm like, all right, I kind of wish I would have tried, but I had, they had the same discussion. It was like, look, if you want to play somewhere, we'll get together, we'll put together a tape and we'll, we'll shop it around. We have connections. And to be honest, I remember at that point, and this is not even, this is not college. This is not professional. This is the end of high school. I was like burnt out. I remember being like, I just want to go have a college experience, right? Well, you said, this has been this man's life. So, he hasn't even had just a, you know, kind of normal life experience. He's had, all you do is fo- football, workout, play football. Granted, it's made him a lot of money in his life. But, I'm saying I completely understand the getting burnt out and just kind of cutting it right there. Yeah. That being said, yeah, I do, I do got a problem with the quitting at halftime. I mean, shoot, there's times when I was growing up being on a bad team, not football, not just football. I mean, basketball. My team not doing great. I'm like, I want to quit. And my dad would always say, You're going to finish out the season. At the end of the season, if you don't want to play again, then you never got to play again. And then I always wanted to play again. But I get that, like just wanting to be done. But I was raised to, All right, you don't just quit in the middle of a season or even the middle of the game. Now, granted, NFL season is a long season and this man's been in the game for a while so I could have I completely understand him quitting in the middle of the season if it's just not for him like I'm not saying he's got to finish out the season but yeah there there's definitely some issue to really couldn't have stuck it out for two more quarters and then get out of there so yeah that that's the big problem but I mean I kind of agree with you it's it's done it's done let the man live his life. Like it's not a story anymore. He, he did it. We're moving on his team's moving on. Let him go enjoy post football life. So yeah, I'm, I agree with you that, I mean, it's kind of done, but yeah, I do take issue with quitting at halftime. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at somebody the same if they did that on my team. Yeah, but it's his life. He did what he did. And uh, I mean, hopefully he's successful post football. Like I said, I don't even think he need to finish the season. Just finish out two quarters, or like you said, even tell the coaches hey, put put somebody else in. Yeah, they're gonna be wondering during the game why isn't he in, but after that, you're done. So that that is what it is. Um and good luck. Good luck to him.
1: And that's the hangover
0: of, of the, the week. week. <laughs> All right, so Let's jump out of the hangover of the week and talk about what's been going on in KK's corner on the college football front.
1: College football. It's been we're, exciting. Yeah, we're three weeks in. We're heading into week four this week. Got some good games this week. My biggest takeaway so far is Alabama is unstoppable. <laughs> with that offense with two attack of Tagovailoa that he's picked up right in that second half against Georgia in the National Championship game. I do not know how you stop that offense. I've watched two of their games so far, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, it might be third and seven, third and eight, but two is throwing it 40 yards downfield, and he's leading his man in stride. I've never seen a quarterback so far so accurate with the deep ball. He lays it out there perfectly every single time. Our hometown team, Georgia, we've looked pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. I know week two against South Carolina that was a big game. People are talking about oh it's upset city and that's gonna happen. Well, all we did we went out there and beat them by twenty four.
0: Shout out to your boy.
1: Shout out to my boy, <laughs> Atlanta sports guy. Shout, Shout out, out to him. He's one of our uh, one of our followers on Twitter. He kind of <laughs> kind of he's a South Carolina Gamecocks fan and uh, we kind of had some back and forth. I know he was he was talking a lot. He never he he did. I will say he never said that Georgia South Carolina was going to win, but he was hyping it up a lot. And, uh, but we had to, Georgia had to go in there and show him like, y'all chill out. This is our division. Well, this week, Georgia has another big game against Missouri and this one's going to be fun. Yeah. You, you know, you and me, we went to Sanford last year against Missouri and drew Locke He threw it around. Missouri yeah. We were in a game for the first half. Yeah. So, uh, that's what worries me the most i mean drew lock he's a great quarterback he can make every single throw he's probably gonna he might be the first quarterback taken in the draft this coming up year so missouri has a talented offense and this very could very well could be a shootout our defense i still think our defense is our weak point as far as a team and what i've seen in the last three games you can't tell but we haven't played anybody great talent i know we shut down south carolina's offense because supposedly they were going to have a Great offense, but we shut them down, and we played Austin P and Middle Tennessee State. So I still think our defense—they're still very young. We lost a lot last year, as you all know. So I still think that's our our weak point of the team. We're going to need them to step up huge this week. And I think our offense, when we're clicking, I don't think we can be stopped. I think we're we're not quite at Alabama's level. I feel like Alabama's offense is at a ten. Yeah, I agree. Out of a scale of ten, I think we're about an eight. I think when we get our right plays going and our players are playing with discipline and physicality, I I don't think we can be stopped either. So going in, we're 14 and a half point favorite going into, into Missouri. And I don't, if we play our game, it shouldn't even be that close, but I think it will be Missouri is going to be, be playing hype. They're three and O as well. They're going to be hyped The number two team in the nation coming in. It's going to be a good game. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a huge challenge for our defense, especially the secondary. And I'm looking forward to it. So before we uh
0: keep talking about this week, I want to hear what were your thoughts on the Auburn LSU game last week? Well, for me, I, of course, I'm a Georgia fan, and we play both
1: of these teams later on in the schedule, so I had high interest in this game. It was a great game. It was LSU was able to go to Jordan Hare, which teams go there and lose really, Alabama and Georgia last year. But they went in there, they won. They were able to pull it out. My biggest takeaway from this game, both those teams, very beatable. Because yeah. I, I look at it as a almost I'm, I'm scouting for Kirby Smart. <laughs> <laughs> I look at it as, hey, I'm playing these teams later. Let's see what they got. For one, Auburn's defense, not nearly as good as they were last year, especially yeah. their secondary. I was, a
0: little, I was a little surprised.
1: Yeah, their defensive front is massive, and those are they're great. But when you give the quarterback time, you you will be able to pick out that pick apart that secondary and LSU defense is great offense not great their quarterback I think he went like 15 for 34 on the day but he was able to win the game I think Auburn's offense got kind of stagnant because we know Auburn has a high-powered offense LSU has never had a high-powered offense but they got a decent quarterback now in the transfer from Ohio State very good game I enjoyed it. This is this is my favorite time of year. On a Saturday, I don't do anything, as you can attest. Like, don't hit me up. But uh, <laughs> I just sit there and watch college football, and I can't get enough of it. So it was a, it was a great game. My takeaway was both teams are very beatable, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to. But as far as back to Georgia, man, if Georgia takes care of business, you should win every game.
0: But you got to
1: take care of business.
0: So are there any games this week that, You're really looking forward to because I'm looking at it. I think last weekend was a more exciting weekend, to be honest with you.
1: This week, you know, last week, Ohio State and TCU was like the highlight of game. That was a very good game, too. I watched that in primetime. Well, last week, I was kind of like, oh, Alabama's playing Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Jordan Teamu, kind of crazy, too. I I know I tweeted this out. Ole Miss and Alabama, both in the SEC, both in the Deep South, there's – Two starting quarterbacks are both from Hawaii. I thought that was pretty cool. But I was like, yeah, Ole Miss, they can sling the ball around. They might give Alabama some fits. Well, first play of the game, Texas Texas A&M, Ole Miss scores on a 65-yard pass. They didn't score again. (laughs) I don't even think they got a first down the rest of the game. So, Alabama plays Texas A&M this week. Texas A&M, two weeks ago, they played Clemson down to the last minute. Looked very good. But this is alabama and they got to go to tuscaloosa <sighs> i think they win by at least four touchdowns yeah, See, i don't even think it's it's close yeah, that, that's the thing. alabama is so far ahead of everybody else it's ridiculous because you got to think look at their past quarterbacks for alabama i mean yeah Jalen hurts i mean he was shut down in the national championship game but well, who, well, who you got else yeah greg well, that's, mcelroy that's
0: the scary thing um that's- you can't even remember their quarterbacks because they've never had to have a quarterback. What was, the, what was his name? Counter, Aaron Murray What was a uh, uh, guy that dated. See, like I yeah, remember, like his girlfriend. Yeah, uh, AJ McCarron. Yeah, AJ McCarron.
1: You, they've never had to have great quarterbacks. Never had. to. And that's what's, they win by that's running what's scary game. Scary now is they but do now, have the quarterback. But now they got a quarterback. They got that can two. Swing it really, all over the place. So that's going to be scary. Um, one good game this weekend. the West Coast game. Oregon-Stanford. Yeah. yeah. The Oregon-Stanford game is going to be exciting. That's going to be fun. Game days in Eugene, Oregon this week. That's going to be fun. Um, Who's your pick for that? I haven't really watched much of Stanford or Oregon this year so far, especially Oregon. I don't think they've played anybody yet this year. I know Stanford played USC a couple weeks ago. Just because it's at home and I I always pull for Oregon because of the uniforms. I'm going to take Oregon
0: (laughs) this week. Isn't it weird how Oregon's not kind of the what they used to be back in the Chip Kelly days where like yeah, everybody in the country knew Oregon was gonna put up some points on you?
1: Yeah, I mean they there's three or four years. I mean, they're top five like every week. Top two really. Yeah. I mean they're 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 all I mean, yeah, I think they've gone to two national championships with Chip Kelly. So that's pretty damn good. Another game, it's not there's they're not ranked matchups. Um, Florida and Tennessee two SEC East foes that we're both going to have to play coming up for Georgia. I think that'll be a good game. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it. It's a primetime game at 7. Mm-hmm. So, definitely be a game I'll watch. Um, But, yeah, like you said, there's not much great games this week. Yeah, I think and last
0: weekend was a really good weekend. Yeah, it was a good weekend last and weekend. And even, even two weeks ago was fun with the Georgia-South Carolina um, I mean, I was over, I was overseas listening to it on the the radio on my phone. So I was excited for that. It was actually a close game for a while, and then finally Georgia started pulling away, and that's when I kind of thought, okay, now I can go to bed. Now let me ask you something, just college football question, does not have to do with any specific game. What do you think's happening to Jim Harbaugh? Because be honest. I mean, let's be honest; they're they're underperforming, and not like I'm going to sit here and just say Jim Harbaugh is this amazing coach. But this man's got so much hype around him with what he's supposed to do with this team.
1: Well, that's the thing we talked about. I think in our season preview, week yeah. one preview when they played Notre Dame, I feel like it's all hype. Like there's so much hype between Harbaugh, and he's like, oh man, he's this great coach. Like he did good things at Stanford. He went to San Francisco, 49ers did good. He's hell. He can recruit anybody. Michigan gets some of the best recruits from anywhere. You know, we talked about the satellite camps that he had, and people didn't like. But it comes. There comes a time where you gotta, okay, it, it's you get all the recruits. We get it, cool. But you gotta start developing these players. I mean, I just think he's underperforming. I mean, he is. Yeah. I, I just think he's all hype. People give so much credit. Like, oh, man, they got Jim Harbaugh. Well, Jim Harbaugh reminds me of Les Miles. Stuck in their ways. They got 11 people in the box, but hey, we're still going to run it up the middle. I just kind of think – I feel like he's his ego gets the best of him sometimes. Like, my play call is going to be better than whatever defense you got. Yeah. And he's kinda, he doesn't want to stray away. What you got? I mean, he has Shea Patterson, the quarterback, a mobile, mobile guy, and he can sing the ball anywhere in the field. But you're running this pro style 1980s offense. Yeah. Pretty much, you just run the ball up the middle every time. That's just not going to work, in my opinion. Looking at him.
0: And then, what's your take on kind of another historical team that really hasn't impressed me either? Notre Dame.
1: I, mean, I don't. Oh, they're weird. Uh, <laughs> you I, hear that I, Notre Dame? You're weird. <laughs> every year they get all the hype. Like every well, that, single year. See, see, it's the same okay. thing
0: as Harbaugh, and that's what made me connect it in my mind. Is because for about a month leading up to the season, all I hear is, "Man, this, this year you better look out. This year you better look out." And then about three, four weeks in the season, it's like, "What am I looking out for?"
1: Well, for Notre Dame. Because I feel like the the alumni network that they got is so big, somehow it just makes their pu- pu- publicity even bigger. They're, you because you always got to talk about Notre Dame. I mean, hell, they're, I mean, they're not favorites to make the playoffs, but they got a legit chance as far as yeah. percentage wise. But I think it. You know what? I think it's because I think they're they're independent. They're technically not officiated. Yeah, not any with conference. any conference, even though they play an ACC schedule. So I think they're kind of always an outlier for this playoff system, because you're always going to get you're going to get the Power Five schools to go to that playoff. But because I, I kind of think, oh, they're the independent, like they they were undefeated this year. So we got to give them
0: gotta extra give them credit. In. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I don't see much into them. I mean, they got Brandon Wimbush at quarterback. He's the same quarterback he was last year. He can't throw. Kind of just likes to run with it. They'll lose a the game to somebody. I'm not really worried about him. But Brian Kelly as far as a coach,
0: See, that's what to me it's just getting stale.
1: But the thing is, you got to look at it, who are you going to go get. Yeah, that's true. And that that's a big thing schools take it like look at like who are you going to go get. So which I'm glad they do because you don't want to just fire your coach and then you're like, you think you got a guy, but you don't got a guy. Mm-hmm. When you ask him, like, hey, you want this job? I was like, no. Well,
0: hey, that's the same thing I was saying about Mark Rick. I was like, yeah, we're not getting to that next level, but who's going to be better? And we got Kirby. Yeah, so, we got better. <laughs> so you never know. All right, last question, just general college football again. Since we haven't – we've been out for so long, I'm trying to open up the conversation – all right, we've talked about Alabama, talked about Georgia. Who's the Who's the one kind of non-SEC team that you think, okay, they got a shot from what you've seen so far. They got a shot at the title. Like, come playoff times, we need to look out for them.
1: it probably be Oklahoma.
0: Kind of surprised you said that. <laughs> yeah, so, probably. So, I thought you you might say Clemson.
1: Well... I mean, yeah, that too. I don't think they're as good as what they usually been. I watched the Texas A&M, Texas A&M game. Texas A&M, they're a solid team, but they shouldn't be that close with Clemson. So, because, but the thing that surprised me the most with Texas A&M, the receivers were so wide open against Clemson. Yeah. like it was so wide open, and the defensive line, which best in the country by far for our NFL talent. All four guys going to get drafted, probably first, second round. Were Nowhere. Yeah. They, they didn't make an impact in the My game. My
0: thing with Clemson, I still think they need to figure out this quarterback thing. I think, like you said, okay, yeah, Bama, they technically have two quarterbacks, but we know who they're playing. Yeah. Clemson's sa- got to sa- figure it out.
1: Same thing with Georgia. Like, you know, Jake, from the starter. Yeah, Justin Fields might get some playing time. Yeah. But as far as with Clemson right now, they're, they're going kind of three both. series, three series. Yeah. Kinda, and almost it, like it's two quarterbacks. Yeah,
0: and it's hard to get into a groove, not just as a quarterback, but... I mean, as a lineman, you get used to a certain quarterback. Not even just the center. Your whole line gets used to a certain quarterback. Your receivers get used yeah, to timing with a certain yeah, quarterback. Your running back gets used to the handoffs, the pitches. Granted, I still think they're a good team, but I think it would benefit them to go ahead and just stick to one until th- until it's not working out, and then you make the switch.
1: I think so, too. I think Dabo wants the freshman Trevor Lawrence to be their quarterback because he – he realizes what he can do with his arm. But I think it's one of those things. Well, Kelly Bryant, I mean, he got us to the playoff last year. And that's
0: what's weird. When you're watching the game, even the TV cameras, they're, they're focused on Trevor Lawrence going into the huddle from the sideline, just listening to you know a timeout, huddling up. They're focused on Trevor Lawrence, what he's doing. And then you got Kelly Bryant out there. And it's like, yeah, he's still a good quarterback. Plenty of schools would take him. I still think he, he's good, but you have so much hype around the freshman, and he's getting playing time, and he's not playing bad at all. So it's it's just tough. It's a tough situation that I'm glad we're not in. I'm glad we can put Justin Fields in and throw some packages at the defense to throw him off, but we're not playing a true two-quarterback system.
1: Yeah, I think that's all Justin Fields is, is right now, another look for the defense. And I'm still waiting we haven't had to use them yet, but I know we have packages in there, like wildcat packages where yeah. Justin Fields comes in and he runs some RPOs, read options where he runs out. Those are there, yeah. but we haven't had to use them yet. No. So Kirby Smart likes to say we're not hiding anything, but we're hiding stuff because you're going to need that later on, especially if you get to Alabama and national or National SEC Championship. <laughs> you're going to need that. Because they yeah. are ridiculous right now.
0: So you're going to Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, Kyler Murray, Baker's backfield. Backfield. Back up last year. I mean, he's able to sling it everywhere. And he's mobile, too. A lot more agile than Baker Mayfield. thing about uh, Oklahoma, they really haven't played anybody great yet. So you always got to worry about the offense or the defense. Because Big 12 don't play defense. But as far as the strongest team, outside, because, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Clemson is, is one, but outside of Clemson and outside of the SEC, like these strong teams, of course, Ohio State, yeah, I get that too. I would say, I'd say Oklahoma. So, I mean, I could easily say the top five best teams right now in college football playing their best ball would be, and, I mean, in no order, so don't freak out, would be Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson and Oklahoma that will be my best five teams right
0: now okay that's doable so hey I'm glad we're we're right here we're finally getting into the mix of football season both college and NFL now all I'm waiting on is this weather to change once, once I start feeling the cool air I'll be ready to tailgate it's hot isn't it <laughs> that's why I'm drinking this tropical beer <laughs> still still on these tropical torpedoes like I said everybody. Sierra Nevada gear top tropical torpedo. So that being said, it's that time again. you know it's still been a couple of weeks, but let's bring it back. It's time for last call. Okay, so last call. you already know the drill. it's just something we want to wrap the show up with. Um, uh, about sports or really anything going on. Um, this one, this has been all football show. This one's going to be a little bit about NBA. So ESPN, they're coming out with these rankings of top 20 players going into the season. Like KK just said, season starts next month. ESPN just released 20 through 11. Their their players ranked. And uh, it's getting a lot of flack. And I agree with the flack that it's getting. So... This last call, we're both going to kind of chime in on this one. But let me just read off these players. I'll start at number 20, Kyrie Irving. At number 20, Kyrie. 20th best player in the league. 20th best player in the league. Number 19, Clay Thompson. Number 18, Ben Simmons. 17, Carl Anthony Towns. 16, Draymond Green. 15 Victor Oladipo 14 Jimmy Butler 13 Paul George 12 Nikola uh, Jokic, and 11 Chris Paul now this list is getting a lot of hate and again I, I agree with the hate so to me the most disrespectful part of this list and really the only part I, I want to talk about is they got Kyrie Irving at number 20 on this list they got him behind Oladipo got him behind Carl Anthony Towns got him behind Ben Simmons who is a beast but he's, he hasn't proven himself like Kyrie got him behind really this most disrespectful the number 12 Nikola Jokic. so to me Kyrie makes that top 10 cut yes I think people will have forgotten Kyrie won LeBron a ring At Golden State. Kyrie is clutch. And it came out. He was injured last year when he was playing. So maybe he wasn't the most explosive. Or the most impressive last year. But it came out he was injured. So a healthy Kyrie Irving. Especially for these Boston Celtics. Coming in next year. With Hayward. Playing again. There's no way Kyrie Irving. Is at number 20. And to me that's my biggest beef with this list that just got released. Like you said,
1: Kyrie's top 10 player in the league. Clay Thompson, he's at least top 15.
0: Yeah, to have Kyrie and Klay at 20 and 19. I I mean,
1: you got to think, Klay Thompson's going to, when his career's done, he'll go down as the second best shooter ever.
0: I think Klay is slept on a little bit because at first he was the number two option to Steph Curry. And then you had Kevin Durant come in, and Clay took a backseat to Kevin Durant, who's probably the second best player in the league. You probably have Steph as the third, and KD is the second best. Yes. So I think people have forgotten a little bit about Clay. You put Clay Thompson on any other team, he's immediately their top scorer.
1: Yeah. Well, for the Kyrie thing, I think people have forgotten how good he is because he was injured last year. So I don't see him being top twenty. No, I mean, are they? Are they? That's maybe the maybe the rankings are based off last year. But even if it's based off last year, he is not the twentieth best player in the league.
0: It might be based For off one, last year, but it's it's based on. Predictions going into this season. Okay, so it's not most productive of last season. It's predictions going into this season.
1: Okay, so who are you taking, Chris Paul, or Kyrie Irving?
0: Exactly. If I'll you're take, starting a team, I'll take Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. Who are you taking, Clay Thompson, or
1: Hell Jimmy Butler is ahead of him on that list.
0: You taking you taking Clay Thompson or Nikola Jokic?
1: I mean, don't even ask me that. <laughs> Paul George. Under Nikola Jokic, I mean, I still have hate for Paul George after that five five point performance in the playoffs. So I think he should be twentieth the way he played last year.
0: Carl Anthony Towns above Klay Thompson? No. No. We just said him and Jimmy Butler are butting heads, and Carl Anthony Towns I mean I'm gonna say he's a little soft. He's he's not this like hard, rough and tumble guy down low. He's a he's a good talent. But he still has some develop, some developing to do. Yes. Let's see here. Ben Simmons at eighteen, I can see Ben Simmons around fifteen mark. Yeah, I I think I I can see him between fifteen and twelve. They got Ben Simmons at eighteen. Victor Oladipo at fifteen. Oladipo went off in the playoffs. He did. He had a great year overall. He he had a great year. year. Had a great playoffs, but I still think this is a little overhyped just well, off of one That makes me one curious postseason
1: about the top 10 I mean as far as players not listed yet I mean top 10 you got of course you got Steph and LeBron and LeBron, KD, Steph, KD Kawhi have, is probably going to be in there you got Kawhi I mean you got Damian Lillard maybe Anthony Davis I'm just trying to think of players that they haven't listed in that top that 11 through 20 that could be in the top 10 DeMarcus Cousins
0: um, I don't even know if you put DeMarcus Cousins in there
1: but well, I think they would have to, if he's not eleven through twenty.
0: Yeah, but it obviously it didn't work out at the Pelicans. He went out. The Pelicans didn't get any better or any worse.
1: What is what? What we're getting at is the list is flawed.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> ESPN. Like, all right, I'm gonna be honest. TNT hands down best NBA. Yeah, stats best NBA show. But TNT's not doing NBA year round. All right, ESPN they have an NBA show year round they are the sports network year round fs1's making a run at them but espn's the establishment i'm really disappointed in this list it makes me think that they don't have their nba knowledge on point maybe it's because chris broussard's on fs1 now i was saying
1: they're letting people go left and right so
0: i don't know so this is just my last call i'm i'm shocked they got kyrie irving as the 20th best player in the league entering the season.
1: It's not right.
0: <laughs> no, no. That's, like, <laughs> that's
1: all I had to say about it. It's not right. That's the
0: most disrespectful move on this list. Kyrie's a top, top 10 player. Heck, maybe if they even put him at number 11, they said, oh, he's coming off an injury. Just put him on the cusp of the top 10. I could maybe even see that. Chris Paul's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, Chris Paul is solid. I mean, he's not even solid. He's a great player. He probably deserves... He could probably be in the top 10 as well, and yeah. I wouldn't argue that. But to have Chris that big of a gap between Kyrie and Chris Paul is ridiculous.
1: I totally agree with you.
0: All right, boys and girls. Not much to say other than this list is doo-doo. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this way more once we get closer to the NBA season. I'm sure we'll have a whole NBA pre preseason show. But, uh, man, ESPN, I don't know what... What y'all are doing over there. They dropped there. the ball on that one. Yeah, they dropped the ball very bad. I still can't believe Nikola Jokic at 12. Because like, he had a couple triple-doubles. And they're like, oh, this man's a triple-double machine. It's ridiculous. They'll have James Harden in the top 10. We left him out. Yeah, for sure. Shout out James Harden.
1: He'll be top five, probably.
0: Probably. So, all right, ESPN. This list is crap. I don't even really want to see the one, one through 10 now, but I'm sure we'll be talking about it. So, That is the last call. That wraps up our show. I know we were gone for a while. We're back now. KK, tell the people where they can find us.
1: All right, man. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter, at Ballers on Tap. And go ahead and hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. Also, search for us, Ballers on Tap. And for the Android folks, we're also on Stitcher, Ballers on Tap.
0: There you go. And uh, if you're at work, you just want to hit us up on our website, that's also at www.ballersontap.com KK, any last words? Any last words of wisdom? You want to share the people? Last takes? What you got going on this weekend? Tell the people something. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad to be back. I know we took a couple weeks of vacation,
1: but hey, we all gotta take some time off. Glad to be back. Football's back in session, and like we said, hey, couple shows from now we'll be talking about NBA. Yep. so great time go braves go dogs let's get it done
0: and i'll throw in a go falcons because this is our rivalry game uh i will be in a bad mood all week if we lose to the saints so mm. don't at me don't hit me up on facebook or twitter i don't want to hear it if we lose that being said this has been Paulist on tap